0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: And good afternoon, everyone. It's Deb Crow, and we are live today on the Change Book Radio Show. And I'm very excited because our first interview is with a real dynamo. Her name is Tracy Randall, and she is a co-author in Book Six. And if I say dynamo or dynamic, it really doesn't give justice to Tracy. She is a true entrepreneur. She is a wellness transformational coach, a professional speaker, author, and she's also the founder of her company called Generational Health. This faith crusader has created and is soaring in her newly acclaimed arena, which she calls hashtag miracle territory. Tracy has also written two other books and is excited to share the amazing work that she's doing with us today. I want all our listeners to know that Tracy has received the prestigious Dr. Theodore Colagrass Humanitarian Award for helping people around the world achieve life-changing results with their health. And she's a southern girl from
2: Georgia, so Tracy, welcome. Well, thank you so much, Dad. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. It's an honor and a pleasure. Well, we're excited to have you here, and we're going to talk a little bit about your contribution
1: to the Change Book series. And like I said, you're in book six, and your chapter was titled Walking Into Her Destiny. So tell us briefly, in the short time that we have today, what area is your passion and your business?
2: Where is it now, Tracy, and where is it going? Well, uh, again, thank you so much, Deb, uh, for having me on the show today, and I just definitely want to... Thank uh, Jim Lutz and Jim Britt for the opportunity as well. I know that you're working so closely hand-in-hand hand with them. And what a dynamo you are. And, you know, it is because of your, um, I guess, your invitation for me to, to go out to uh, Los Angeles and meet uh, you and other co authors and 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 meet uh both of the gyms that really has inspired me to um walk in what I call miracle territory as you mentioned and since the release of the change book six so many miracles so many amazing things have have happened for me um my passion deb is is multi- is is kind of multifaceted in that um I guess my core passion is working with families with their health. I've been working primarily with a protocol from the American Anti-Cancer Institute since 2007, uh, working with families uh, for the, really the first uh, few years who were actively dealing with some sort of cancer. And in the past year or so, my, my uh, focus has shifted To the prevention of cancer. We must make a difference. We must stop the madness of of children um, being diagnosed with this horrible disease. Uh, Another um, passion, if you will, of mine is to empower other women to walk into their destiny, and that's why I titled the chapter what I did. Um, I spent many years uh, crippled by self-hate, food addiction, um, um, just all kinds of Uh, things that stop me from walking in my destiny. And in the last year or so, I truly have been able to conquer all of that and and to to build a business that has grown worldwide, and I'm very grateful for that. So I I love to empower women to um, step out from beneath what I call from beneath a veil of fear that's been stopping them and holding them back, And, and that was my purpose in writing my chapter Uh, originally, and then it's just grown beyond that to encompass so much more.
1: Well, and I think that's such a facet of your leadership and,
2: and all the work that you're doing right now
1: with your, I know you've got a program called 50 Weeks and 50 New Habits. I know you've got your boot camp. I have to track you on social media because you're doing so much and I and I see the comments, Tracy, and you are empowering
2: women and that must make you feel so good. It does, Deb, it really does and, and, and part of, you know, the journey that I've gone through, I've, i I just turned fifty five years old. I'm about to turn sixty six in fact and, and I spent way too many years. Um um you know, being successful, don't get me wrong, I was I was successful from the outside looking in I had uh, many businesses that I've built in the past. I've had a successful marriage of 31 years with my husband, two incredible sons who are amazing and successful. So from the outside looking in, people would look at me and think, wow, she's so successful. But what I knew was that I had so much turmoil going on inside of my own self that um, really I wasn't walking in my true power, my true destiny. My God-given talents were not being used to the fullest and truly it was um, book six, it was the change book series that catapulted me into being able to truly walk into my own destiny and it was, I I, I recently released a video as you know on social media giving a a thank you tribute to to both Jim Lutz and Jim Britt for um, that phone call that day uh, asking me if I would uh, consider being a part of their book. And um, it was just that uh, moment that I truly was released from all fear and doubt and began to walk in the true journey that God has for me. And I I really believe that it was their belief in me, their uh, confirmation that I could write uh, that started this whole process for me. And so to be able to give that to other women, to empower other women, to, to get rid of all of their fears, It has been truly a blessing, and you know that it was your connecting with me uh, on social media and saying you were going to be in L.A. I didn't know who you were. I knew nothing about you. Uh, You didn't know the fear that I had, and I hid it so well from everyone, and just by knowing that you were going to be in L.A. to say, you know, give me that Canadian hug (laughs) and say, Tracy, you know, you belong in this group of power people um, and co-authors from around the world, for you to to embrace me from afar like that was so huge for me, Deb. And and uh, you know, I'm almost in tears thinking about that moment when you said, "Hey, uh, come on, I'll, I'll meet you at the hotel." That was huge for me. And so what we're doing through this book series is we are empowering people and uh, lifting them up, you know, not only the other co-authors that we are meeting, but just people around the world that are getting this book in their hands. It's so powerful.
1: Well, I fully agree with you. And I'm always intrigued when I think back to what the mindset was in that first meeting with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz. We're growing as such a powerful global community, like you said, with having Jim and Jim a phone call away. That in itself is, Mm. I I can't even give a word to it. It's priceless. Not to sound like a commercial, but it truly is. (laughs) So share with us as as your personal co-author contribution, what excites you that we're becoming this powerful global community now standing in over 22 countries?
2: I I'm sorry what was your question? I I I I didn't understand the question.
1: We're growing as such a powerful global community with Jim Brett and Jim Luce and and the Change Book series.
2: Tell us what excites you about that. Now that you know what we're in me. over
1: twenty two countries.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, just didn't hear the word the the question. What excites me is that uh just like you know, we are able now to collaborate with people that we would never have before been able to meet. And that is truly, truly exciting. Um, we're we're uh, meeting people from every country. I know you've got uh, an, the next interview is from another country, and, and, and it's just so exciting. But also what excites me, as you kind of alluded to earlier, is that both of these incredible, multi-faceted, talented men, Jim, Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, are available to us. And the training, and even that training that we did in L.A. as co-authors. Um, I've taken those nuggets that I learned uh, from both of these men in that training and it has completely exploded my business. I use even those nuggets every single day um, in the marketing of my newest book. I've got now, as you mentioned, two new books that I know I never would have had the courage to have done. Um, had this change book series not, you know, come my way, and so now um, the ongoing training that we receive as co-authors is, be, like you said, there are no words to express it. That's what excites me, and then just meeting people like you and and the other co-authors and having that global community. There's no price tag you could put on that, and that's what excites me the most.
1: Well, and it's interesting because the next. Gentlemen, I don't want to take away from his interview his his whole being as a person and as an entrepreneur is is business is all about people, and it's so true it doesn't matter who you talk to so yes let's talk let's talk about what Tracy can do so what what is one challenge that you're seeing repetitively in people that you come across and hire you? and what are the talents that you can address
2: well i think that you know when when we speak about the wellness component of what i do um i i truly believe that we should and could and, and will stop this um this cancer um just speaking of the one disease cancer that is plaguing our entire world, and and the statistics tell us that the the average age of children being diagnosed with cancer is just six years old, and um, cancer is the number one killer of children, 14 to 16, with the exception of accidents, and that's just unreal to me, and so my biggest challenge is getting people to realize that we can do something, that it doesn't take us um, completely changing everything, but if we'll just take some simple steps and believe in – and my my biggest challenge, Deb, is getting people to believe that if they will just make some simple changes, you mentioned my 50 weeks and 50 new habits, if we would just start changing some simple things. Um, you know, forget about going, you know, to – uh changing everything all at once and going all people think they have to go all vegetarian or they have to completely stop eating everything that's good that's not the truth of the matter and so that's my challenge is getting people to believe that it's simple and then um The way what I bring to the table is that my expertise and the fact that well, for one thing, um, as you may know, my personal testimony is that I actually was diagnosed with aggressive melanoma, skin cancer, back in July of this year, and it was the protocol that I've been using since 2007 uh, personally that built my immune system to so strong to a point that my body itself. Stop the aggressive melanoma from getting into my blood system into my lymphatic system, and because i my I proved you know to myself and to the world that you can stop cancer, you know we all have cancer cells growing in our body because that's just the way it is right now, and so building and boosting the immune system is our only defense so using my protocol is so simple. I simplify it. I don't complicate it. I know that we're all living in such a fast-paced world that we cannot stop and do what people think we have to do to prevent disease, but it is doable. And so what I bring to the table is that simplicity. I um, spent many years uh, trying to help my son, my oldest son, heal from a disease that no one could, could stop and change. And a simple protocol changed it. So uh, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm working hand in hand with Bob Wright, who's the founder of the American Anti-Cancer Institute. And we're simplifying things because we have to. And then on the other end of it is the empowerment of women. And what I bring to the table is my transparency, my honesty, my willingness to share all of that I've gone through without hesitation. And... um, and and then, you know, another thing I bring to the table is that I ha- have a connection with our creator. Uh, as you know, I'm a strong Christian, and my newest book, uh, The Fastest Way to God's Favor and Blessing, I believe is an inspired work that will set some people free. So I, I bring all of that to the table and more, and um, I'm grateful to have this platform to share that. Thank you. Well,
1: and I'm excited for my book to show up, so let's hope it's in the mail today. <laughs> so let's talk let's talk about the collaboration of co authors because I know now and I mean this statistic can change because Jim Britt and Jim Luth are talking to so many amazing people across the globe and I know right now we're in twenty two plus countries. So talking about Tracy and, and generational health, are you looking at having a local, national or international
2: business? Oh, then you know my business is already international. I I do business in uh Africa, Nigeria. I do business in Canada and Mexico, Um, even, you know, quite frankly, even before I got involved with the change book, um, my um, business did expand globally, Um, my wellness company. uh, I can do business over the phone or over the internet, thank God for that, you know. Um, But but what I see with this book collaboration of the change is that now I'm able to connect with new circles, new, new, new centers of influence that I could never connect with before. And more importantly, I think for me, is to collaborate with those people, those co-authors that are, are of like mindset. As you know, um, most of the world, much of the world is very negative, uh, very unempowered. And I think as a, as a community of co-authors, we can change that. Um, as we spread our tentacles across the, the globe, will affect people. And I know just me as a co author, I'm affecting people, you are. And if we can affect the mindset and change the mindset of of a handful of people for each one of us, can you imagine what's gonna happen when we're in the change book number one hundred? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All the lives. Exactly. exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: exactly. I just, it's just such an amazing movement. And I like what you said. I think it is a collaboration of like-minded. And I know, as Jim and Jim have alluded before in phone calls and training, there's a lot of joint ventures going on. There's been companies that have merged together. And a point that you've said a couple of times on our interview, it's people that would have not met otherwise. So the catalyst is is the book, like you said. hmm so, Absolutely. Tracy, can you can you share with the listeners and let them know what's the best way to get in touch with you and what programs or events do you have
2: coming up right now? Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Um uh, the best way to connect with me is through my website. Um you can uh you can just go to my website and I have a Button um, right now I'm I'm handling everything myself so every person that comes to my website it's not some program or company that is responding it's me. Um, I'm, I do know that my, over, over time my business will grow uh, outside of that. But um, I'll always have – the best way to reach me is my website. And my, my the name – it is my name. It's TracyRandall.com. But my spelling of my name is a little unusual. Tracy is T-R-A-C-E-E. And then Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L, TracyRandall.com. And just click on that and um, – Hit subscribe and you'll get a, a an email and then I'll send you a personal email. Um, I've got lots of programs that I'm working in right now. Um, I'm really being empowered myself by. And I would love to be invited to speak across the country um, or internationally. I can speak to church groups, women groups, Bible studies. Um, I'm creating a large event here in Atlanta in January with Bob Wright, who I've mentioned a couple of times. Um, He is the author of the book Killing Cancer, Not People. And he's coming to Atlanta in January to do a large event um, to help uh, help us propel that vision and you know my, my upcoming book is Get Mad About Cancer, Make a Decision That Cancer Will Never Touch You or the People You Love. I currently have a DVD workshop available online uh, that you can purchase that will just give you four or five simple steps you can take. So all, all of my products are available online. Um, I do have Current boot camp programs going on, as you mentioned here in Atlanta, but am working to make that a, a more uh, web-designed boot camp where we can do those boot camps around the around the world. And uh, I've got so many incredible ideas, I can't even figure out which one to touch first. But I'm I'm trying to slow down a little bit and just uh, follow God's lead and, and walk in that miracle territory that He has for me, and uh, according to His plan, not mine. But I'll tell you, Deb, his plans are very big for for me, so I I know you'll be hearing more.
1: (laughs) Well, and I'm excited to do that. I'd like to take the last uh, part of our interview and and really hone in and talk about getting ahead of the curve. Uh, As you love to empower people and lead people with the health and wellness seminars and boot camps that you're doing, you know my passion is work-life balance and I I think there's a lot of synergy because I try and get ahead of the curve because the people I see unfortunately have diagnoses of illnesses and a lot of them start with acute stress over time which becomes chronic Mm -hmm. stress and I don't need to educate you, disease is about dis-ease of the body. So
2: how do you think we're going to break down that barrier and get ahead of the curve? Wow, that is a tough question, as you know, and I do love what you're doing. Um, Part of what I had to do in order to get my life, to to be able to do all the things that we do, Deb, and all the things that these co-authors and both Jim Britt and Jim Lutz do, we must find that balance that you're so passionate about. You are so right. It's not just about what we eat. It's about uh, every uh, all eight areas of our life and putting it into some sort of balance. And, and I think, you know, that part of the issue is that um, people in this economy, in this world, are so stressed about their finances. And uh, that's one of the biggest stresses that, as you know, causes uh, stress in all the other areas. And if, if you have an area of your life thats um, that you're not balanced in, then it's completely just messes up everything else. And so what you do is so, so powerful and so necessary. And that's part of my mission as well is, you know, taking, um, and, and that's somewhat of what I do in here in Atlanta is I take the experts in each area of our life um, and help them uh, be empowered and balanced. And by lifting up other people, by me saying, you know, your life is out of balance, you must you must call Deb Crow, uh, you must contact Deb Crow and let her help you and, you know, vice versa. Whatever we become experts in, we need to collaborate. And that's, I believe, the only way to get ahead of the curve is to have a huge center of influence and be a connector of people. Who is it, you know, if I can't help that person because it's not falling into my expertise, who am I going to reach out to and say, All right, you need to talk to this person because she can help you get balance in your business or she can she can help you grow this area of your life where you're failing. And um so just that collaborative, uh I believe is the only way we can get ahead because if we try to do too much, we get our own selves out of balance and you know, there's no there's no process there. So I, I think just having these connections is the the only way uh, to get ahead of that curve, as you as you put it. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't know the st- statistics in the States, and I just wanted to see if you did. In Canada right now, we are having, we have actually, the highest percentage of elderly people living than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. It's actually higher than the amount of children that we have, because a lot of people are choosing to live a healthier life, and they're living past 100. Are you seeing those types of trends with different age groups and populations in the United States?
2: You know we are, but but my my thought on this is that yes, people are living to older ages than ever before, but they're not living in health. Um, our 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 medical world is keeping them alive, but there's no there's very little quality. And um, therefore, the younger people, my generation, your generation, um, and and even our children are having to take care of this growing group of people. And so the only answer is for us to empower our children, Deb. Because if we don't teach them how to live healthy in every area of their life, not just in their body, but in their mindset, in their spirit world, you know, their spiritual life, um, in in their relationships, if we don't start teaching these things to our children, then uh, truly um, we're teaching them uh, if we're not teaching them that, then we we're, we're looking at having an, an even worse epidemic as as we age deb, so then I, I believe that we're in this, a time and a place of that's crucial. Uh, for this type of information to get out to the world, that we must change, that we can't keep living in the mediocrity that we've lived in, that we can accept mediocrity, that we have to rise above it mentally, physically, spiritually. If we don't, then, um, yes, we are in a serious um, crisis. And uh, you know me, I'm not a negative person, but I know that change is the only way to facilitate um, what we need to do. And the Book series is part, a piece of that puzzle, a large piece of that, that puzzle. What you're doing, what each co-author is doing independently is a is a piece of that puzzle. And um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of the community that uh, will change. Absolutely. Well,
1: I want to thank you for... Being on the radio show today for the Change Book and for your insight, and just to commend you for everything you're doing in your business and for empowering men and women. And Tracy's website is listed under our episode info. So when you go back to have a look or re listen, you can get a hold of her then. So, Tracy, thanks so much, and hopefully, we'll see you soon.
2: Deb, I expect to see you in Atlanta very soon and uh, I look forward to you inviting me up to Canada as well and thank you so much for hosting this show for us and bringing this community even closer together and again thank you to Jim Luce and Jim Britt for everything they're doing uh, to support you in this and to support all of us as co-authors so thank you so much.
1: That's great you have a wonderful day and thanks again for your time.
2: All right bye-bye.
1: Bye Tracy. Well, that was a wonderful interview with Tracy Randall from Georgia, and I would love to move into our next interview now, and I'm very excited. It is Steve Halsquist, and I'm excited he is in the actual first book in the Change Book series. And Steve's chapter is entitled "It's All About People." business in the age of relationships, so I'm very excited to hear his point of view. Steve is a world-renowned executive coach. He is considered by many to be one of the foremost business leadership executives in the world. He has worked with some of the largest Fortune 500 companies. Steve knows that ultimately and always, success and profits are about one thing, people. Steve has traveled worldwide as an author, journalist, and speaker, and has also had many roles, including Chief Executive Operator. Steve, are you calling in from Romania on your work travels, and can you hear us okay?
0: Well, I can hear you. The question is, can you hear me?
1: I can hear you perfectly. Welcome.
0: Awesome. Great. Thank you. It's great to be on with you, and I'm so glad that you're doing this.
1: Well, it's exciting for me because I've chatted to so many of the co-authors on all of the different social media platforms and emails. So when I finally get to hear their voice, I I already feel like I know them. So the beauty of technology, right?
0: It's kind of amazing, isn't it? It's uh, you know a lot of people bemoan uh, some of the emerged technology, whether it's Facebook or uh, cell phones or whatever. Well, what I think we're learning is that it's not really about the technology. It's about how we use it. And the truth is, I'll tell you, I have more friends, more people I'm connected with and actually interacting with today than ever before in my life. And one of the cool things for me is that some of them are people that I knew when I was in high school, you know, 130 years ago. (laughs) And uh, others are those like you that I've met fairly recently.
1: Well, and that's one of the beauties of
0: the Change Book series.
1: So I'm excited to chat to you for the next half an hour, and I would love for you to share with the listeners what your area of passion and business is.
0: Well, thanks. I, You know, for me, it really is all about people, as I say in the title of the chapter. And ultimately, business is about serving other people, whether it's with a product or an actual service that we are doing to make somebody else's life better to create value for them and in return they compensate us in one way or another ultimately though it's about relationship and i think for probably about a hundred years or so during the industrial revolution and and the manufacturing boom that happened after it we moved away from relationship being a, a primary part of business and we began to connect more with brands and, you know, this idea of a company. Uh, but it has moved back and it's moving back with a crash um, to uh, all of us realizing that it is ultimately about doing business with people and organizations that we think care about us and have our best uh, ultimately at heart. And so that, that's going to take a change for a lot of those of us who are in business to think differently. So that's my passion is to help folks think about and focus on the reality that their business and the future and the success of their business ultimately pivots on recognizing that it is all about relationships.
1: And are you seeing – because I know that you you travel extensively, hence you're calling in from Romania, which I just think is so cool (laughs) – you must deal with a lot of different cultures and religions and ethnicities so from based on what you just said how do you see the paradigm shift when you're in different countries and you're acclimating to mm-hmm. i I guess, I guess quite frankly different business ethics and
0: protocols yeah there there certainly are um different ethics that's that's a very good point something to really kind of think about and you asked the question in an interesting way from my perspective you asked how i react to that situation and my my view is consistent and part of my perspective on my personal integrity is that wherever i am however i am whatever i'm involved in doing i'm the same and if you think about the the core definition of integrity, that's, that's part of what it means. You know, if you say a, a table has integrity, you mean, you mean that it's consistent, it's, it's solid. And so when I approach people in other cultures where maybe they have a tendency to uh, move in ways that I don't consider to be honest or that, um, that I struggle with, um, I recognize that I'm going to act within myself inconsistency with my integrity and my, my focus on that. And time when I, when I build relationships with folks in other cultures is they realize that I'm different and that as a result, they don't have to play the games that they have become used to playing in order to sort of get their way or get what they want from a situation. So I think ultimately it it pays off, and when it doesn't, I'm actually okay with that because I, frankly, don't want to do business in that kind of environment anyway. I, I don't want to be coerced. I don't want to be deceived. I want to build a relationship with other people that allow us all to win ultimately. And so that's that's always the goal. And I find that that works very well across cultures, from India to China to. Japan, and to the Middle East, where I've I've done a fair amount, and then here in Eastern Europe as well as, as Western Europe. So um, for me, pretty much everywhere I've been, it plays well. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't have to be careful, because you do. Um, you don't want to be taken advantage of, but learning that how I do what I do, and how you do what you do in the context of your business, and understanding that there are um, you're making an investment every time you engage with somebody, so make a good one.
1: Well, you you just have something totally in common with me because I'm all about integrity. I'm all about authenticity, and I think you made a couple of really valid, strong points there. Neither of those characteristics of our behavior or our personality have any boundaries geographically. And more importantly, it doesn't matter the psychosocial or the social economic status of our clients. I love that you say, I'm always just who I am. And that's the way that I run my business as an entrepreneur as well. So that's, that's kind of really nice to hear that. I haven't heard anyone say that before. So there, we have something in common, Steve. So we are growing as a powerful global community with
0: Jim Britt and Jim I'm Lutz. Glad to hear and it, and I and I think more and more we're going to see that.
1: Absolutely. Now, do you do you agree that we're growing as a powerful global community with Jim Lutz and Jim Britt and the Change Book? And if so, what excites you about it?
0: What excites me about it boy uh there there's just so much uh, eclectic collection of amazing people i uh I, I jumped on an airplane uh late last year for example, and flew to california i went on out- out there to be with them and meeting each uh each person and sort of connecting with who they are and what they're doing and why they do it and uh their reasons for sharing their themselves and what they're about in, in their chapters is stunning actually. There's there's such a breadth of expertise and commitment and focus on helping others to you know, ever expanding set of books and everything that Jim and Jim are doing. It's stunning to, to look at value that those who read the books get, um, as well as how our delivering to others and for ourselves. No, I, I sent a copy of, uh, the, the first change book to a friend of mine and, and, uh, who had been very kind to me when I was in Washington, D.C., and just to thank him uh, for spending some time with me. And a few weeks later, he wrote me, and he said, you know, he said, I'm having to read and reread each chapter because there's so much for me to to get from everything that's written here. And I think that reflects very well the overall experience. Don't you?
1: Oh. You know, fully. I I have uh, kind of felt like a bit of a cheerleader because I've been so excited uh, to reach out to. And you said the perfect word. It is such a group of eclectic people. Um, the skill set is just it's just unbelievable. Like any any skill set that you're looking for, and then to have that all under the umbrella of mentorship from Jim Britt and Jim Lutz. Uh, I just feel like it's such a blessing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The insights that um, you know we get, even informally, from each other and from Jim and Jim, uh, are, are astounding and, and just most excellent. And the frankly, the kind of experience and connection that I don't know any other way to get. Um, you know, it's I've been in I've been in business for uh, decades and. Getting you know meeting people and getting connected takes years and years and years, and yet suddenly here we are with a with a group of people who are all interconnected with a common set of really sort of perspectives on how to operate with one another and within the world so so much value in that
1: oh absolutely, Steve, what's one challenge you see in people that your talents address?
0: One challenge that I see is a a fear of competition. A fear that what they're doing in business, whether it's as an employee or as a an entrepreneur or a or a business owner, a fear that somehow competition uh will come and take them out uh in one way or another, you know, whatever that means to them, but but effectively uh, create problems for them, and uh, you know lose them their business or lose them their job or whatever and so uh, what I help organizations and business owners and employees understand is it 's all about the value and it 's all about the relationships and As you create more relationships and you generate more value you you, you effectively get to the point where people cannot afford not to use you, and not to have you serve them, because your value is so high in comparison to the compensation you receive, and it's it's very easy to see it's it's uh, it's straightforward. We can all pause and kind of think of situations where we've thought, "Man, what I got was worth so much more than it cost me." So I'll, I'll give you an example. So. Here I am uh, a little bit north of, of Bucharest in Romania in a, kind of the outskirts of the city. And um, as I was planning, this is my second time here. And um, the first time as I was planning to come, I did a little trip advisor research to figure out where I was going to stay and all that. And I found a, a highly rated small hotel and I came here. I'm, I'm back in the same hotel this time. I came here and um, was met by a family operation. Um, you, you know, the, uh, the the general manager is, uh, is, a, is a wonderful lady who has really kind of uh, connected and, and served me very well. But everybody in the hotel has taken on uh, or does take on this kind of persona of we're here to serve you. And whether I'm walking in at the end of a workday or I'm walking out in the morning or I get down for breakfast or whatever, there's always this sense of, what do you need? We're here to serve you. How can we help? And so there was no doubt in my mind where I was going to do business when I came back. There was just no doubt that I was going to come here. And so interestingly, earlier this week, I uh, I sent her an email. There is a bit of a language challenge at times. And so I sent her an email. I said, you know, I'm thinking about doing a tour on Saturday. And I was looking at this tour provider, and I wanted to go see – uh, Vlad's castle, you might think of Dracula, right? Um and 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 I said, "What do you think? Is this a good tour company and you what do you think I should do?" And she she wrote me back and she said, um, she said, "Well, here's what we can do." She said, "My son can take you." And <laughs> and you pay for his gas and his food and stuff and uh and he can take you and you can spend the day and see whatever you want at whatever speed you want and you don't need a tour company and and that's, boy, do I feel connected, right? It's, it's
1: right.
0: such, you know, and if you, t- if you came to me and said, hey, I'm going to Romania, where should I stay? Guess what I'm going to tell you, right? I'm going to say, stay right here, call Diana, she'll take care of you.
1: Well, and it probably gives you a sense of home, because it's family run, it's smaller, you're not in the, the, the downtown metropolis of a big brand, is that, does that give you kind of that home away from home feeling with your extensive travel?
0: It it does for sure. Uh and and I think there's a combination, right? Um I've had a similar experience in larger hotels where they really they they get to know their customers. They know who I am when I walk in through the lobby. They'll they'll greet me. Um there's a there's a recognition that this is a person, right? This is not just another guest. This is a person. Hello. Welcome back. Right? And ironically, I've had it in, in hotels that are quite expensive, and I've had it in hotels that are not. And I think it, again, reflects the leadership uh, of the hotel and the way that they think about their customers and how well um, they actually connect to them as people as opposed to sort of some abstract idea of a customer. Absolutely. And
1: I I really – I love that you say you're in the people business. I, I think people get caught up on job titles and descriptions. But at the end of the day, including all of us co-authors, we're in the people business. Why do you think people
0: struggle with being a good communicator? You know, that. what a great question. That's just such a great question. Um, let Let me – Let me pause and say this. One of my other areas of expertise that I I don't spend a lot of time talking about in general, but I think is pertinent to our conversation here, is I've spent about 30 years as a technology expert. Uh, I'm interviewed uh, literally all over the world for cybersecurity these days. And so a big part of one part of my professional life is wrapped up in these very complex ideas about technology and the internet and, and security and uh, the things that are going on behind the scenes and the espionage and all this stuff, right? And there, there are two kinds of ways that I've seen communicators or people who are attempting to communicate approach whatever topic it is, whether in this case it's cybersecurity, which is very geeky, or if it's something, you know, like customer success like I was talking about a minute ago or if it's work life balance like you talk about there are two ways and similarly to what I've been talking about with respect to business the two ways are really kind of simple to see one of them is about me as the communicator the other one is about you as my customer as the person I'm I'm offering the communication to and If I focus on me, I can make myself look really smart maybe, and you might think, wow, you know, he's really smart. But at the end of our conversation, you walk away with very little, and I haven't really delivered much value because it's all been about me. It's been about what I know. It's been about what I can do, whatever. On the other hand, the way that I really work hard to communicate is to make it about you. To make sure that you understand what I'm saying. To make sure that how I communicate makes clear how the situation or the, or the information applies to you. And just as an aside, you know, one of the ways that I sort of keep this fresh for myself is that in the wintertime, I live in Colorado. And in the wintertime, I teach skiing. And I teach skiing for fun. Uh, I'm employed as a part time ski instructor. I get up on the mountain I put on a a funny red uniform and I take people around the mountain and teach them how to ski and It reminds me i mean I can know you know I can tell you a lot technically about skiing, but none of that matters to the person in front of me who's trying to get down the hill better. What matters is my helping them do something a little bit differently, feel something different and enjoy the experience more. And I think that is a great way to think about our communication, right? How do I help this person do something differently so they feel something differently and they enjoy the experience more, whether it's an experience of their work-life balance or an experience of protecting their their network, or if it's an experience of sliding down a beautiful snow-covered mountain.
1: Well, I'm not going to talk to you about skiing because it's one of my fears, but it's on my bucket list to try. So I'll put in brackets. Well, you come see me.
0: You come see me. We'll take take care of you. I promise. You will not be afraid and you'll have a great time. I promise.
1: Well, and that's another beauty of the change. Jim and Jim always joke with me and say, wherever I travel now, I'm probably never going to have to rent a hotel room because... We have over 180 authors, and I've probably talked to, I'm going to say 80%. So I have friends and colleagues all over the world, and that's that's exciting.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: So you've got my mind twisting and turning here. So I'm going to challenge Good. you on a couple of things. You, you, you've talked about being in business and being a renowned business leader, which I really think that you are given the caveat of companies and small companies and entrepreneurs that you've worked with. And if you don't have the communication coupled with the relationship, you don't really have anything and you can have the best value proposition in the world to offer. But again, I want to break down that communication piece because a lot of people, and again, I want to talk about the different countries. Verbal versus nonverbal communication.
0: Can you touch on that? Oh, man. Oh, holy cow. Yeah, so here's my question. Let me be really clear. Here's my question. Do you care about your customer? Do they matter to you as a human being? If they matter to you, then find a way to help them. It's really that simple. And... And if you're sincere, well, that other stuff will – that that will happen because people want somebody to care for them. They want somebody to give them value and not try to get more than they give. And when you do that and you're authentic, the the rest of the stuff – A, communication gets easier because you get to stop worrying. You know, you, you can be real. You, you you don't have to you don't have to be a certain thing. You don't have to fit a mold that isn't you. I'll give you an example. I was I was teaching a class the last two days here, and most of the people I was teaching English is um, not their first language. It's the second language, and I speak no language other than English. And I always feel a little bad about that. Uh, but I visit so many countries that it's almost impossible for me to. To learn even phrases in, in all these languages. And so so I was I was I was teasing a couple of the students yesterday, they were doing a, a group exercise, and um one of the other guys in the room, um joking with me, said, Hey teacher, leave those kids alone. And so I reached over to my computer and pulled up Pink Floyd's The Wall and started playing it. <laughs> Because we're, you know, this is about connection. This is about aligning and finding finding points of resonance. How are we alike? What do we care about that aligns? And if we can align around that, then it's it's a joy to labor together. Then because you're you're working towards something that matters to both of you. You know why not? let's go let's let's figure this stuff out.
1: Well, as soon as you said that, I thought of Pink Floyd. Isn't that funny how our brain has these associative mnemonics of of words and phrases and music
0: yeah exactly and and they cross cultural boundaries. You asked about cultural boundaries a couple of times. they cross cultural boundaries and it's it's amazing. Humor is another uh cross cultural concept it it came up in the in the class in fact today um the class was monday and tuesday today was wednesday here and um the one of the guys says you know i love it when folks that are doing training are are not just they don't just talk they actually they're funny and they they have humor and they interact and 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 they're not just kind of standing there pointing and clicking and you know and all that And, and and we actually talked about different comedians and how um you know i kill you they were talking about um uh jeff dunham and his um his his puppet right um so and here's a here's a us comedian that they know here in romania um and just that ability to connect with humor to connect with music to connect with these things that are um cross cultural and kind of tie the world together what an amazing experience wherever we are
1: well, and at the end of the day, Steve,
0: we're just people. We are exactly.
1: So, can you just share? We've got about eight minutes left, so I want to just take the the last little bit of our interview. How can people get in touch with you? And is there any programs or events that you're specifically involved in right now?
0: Uh, thanks for asking. Um my my name is my website so and and a bunch of different spellings since people often get it wrong. Um but my name is Steve Hultquist, with a T H U L T Q U I S T. And I blog on that site and there's there's contact information there. Um upcoming uh events that I'm doing right now are private events, so um not not have any that I would you know necessarily talk about right now but I do expect that uh A will be doing some change events coming up again and uh will also be doing some stuff this winter and I'll I'll announce those things uh, on the website so please reach out um would love to connect with you if you're coming through Denver or something uh, let me buy you a drink uh if I'm in town and not on an airplane somewhere else and uh again my my focus is really on helping businesses to be successful in the way that they're working with their customers. So if that's something that that you're interested in kind of looking at, let me know. It looks like uh, I will also be doing with a friend of mine um, a a little helpful event in the Denver area for smaller businesses to really look at how they talk about their business. That was one of the things you brought up a minute ago, uh, the way that we actually communicate what our business is. That's another part of communication value proposition was the phrase you used and a value proposition is simply communicating value, right? It's, it's communicating value in a way that your prospects understand or your customers understand if you're working to expand the value that you bring. And it's doing it in a way that's clear, that's concise, that has an emotional edge to it. Because I think we all know now that people, human beings make decisions emotionally. So, We need to touch on their emotions and help them to make that that choice well. And, again, it's it's part of communication. And I believe that the strongest version of it, especially because it's emotional, comes from being emotionally connected to the other person, which is just another way of saying being in relationship.
1: So I'm going to do what I do best because I am such a networker. So I want to give a shout out to Lauren Pauley, who is another co-author that I will be interviewing. And I think that you and her would have a lot of synergy. She is a communications coach, but by background, she's a speech-language pathologist. So I'm going to e-introduce wow. you, and I'm and I'm going to tag her on this radio interview, because I think the two of you could probably sit and talk for hours, and like you, <laughs> She's going all over the world, and we did a radio interview together, and I don't think I've had such an in-depth conversation about cognitive communication and nonverbal and verbal cues and all the things that we don't need to do as humans when we're conducting business and trying to be ourselves, but I want to just come back to a point that you made about some of the leaders you're working with. As we, We've got about five minutes left to talk, and I want to address this leaders that you're working with, with large corporations having fear of the competition. I just, I would love for you to just give us a little bit more insight on that. And where does it come from?
0: Well, I, I think it, it's an interesting question, right? I, I've been thinking lately about um, Zig Ziglar's old uh, comment that that fear is an acrostic for false evidence appearing real. Uh, and, and And I think it's a little bit different than that. Uh, I think fear is is future. It's future-oriented. It's looking into the future and seeing bad things that could happen, seeing negative consequences. And as a leader of an organization, there is some value in looking into the future, being aware of what could happen so that you can make choices now that, help reduce risk. You're never going to eliminate it. But but here's the challenge. We need to do that understanding that there really is a risk-reward trade-off in business. Sometimes in order to, to move forward in the highest reward avenues, we have to take risk. We have to, in the case of Apple, I'll give you an example since it just happened. Apple had to invest in the production of over 10 million new iPhones, betting that people would buy them, so think about this if If that phone had had uh, had flopped, they would have had millions of iPhones sitting in warehouses somewhere instead of being carried around by people. So there there was a risk reward trade-off. As a result of having done it, they could deliver 13 million iPhones on the on the first weekend. So as leaders of organizations whether it's a small organization or a large one, that's a big part of our decision process. And how we approach the what could be and how we examine ourselves along the process. What Jim Collins calls a level five leader. Do I examine myself when I need to get better? When the organization needs to get better? Do I look at myself? And then when things are going well, do I look out the window at all the other people who are doing such a great job? That's the kind of leadership that I help executives sort of take on and learn how to do and learn how to become. Instead of blaming others when things go wrong, and looking at themselves when things go right it's flipping that on its head and saying look i need to lead better because things are not going as well as they could i need to be a better leader look in the mirror and then when things are going well it is all about my team it's all about those folks there the people who are alongside me getting their jobs done that's why this is going well and really authentically believing it because by the way it's true You know, CEOs don't make successful companies. It's the people in the trenches who do the work every day. It's the person that puts together the iPhone. It's the person that boxes it up and ships it out. It's the shipping company. It's those people who operationally do that work who make the success. And when a leader can maintain that perspective, that's when they can move really into success and and their organization does as well.
1: I think you couldn't have said that any better. Well, Steve, it has been so nice to hear your voice, for one, and thank you for letting us infringe on your business trip in Romania. And I know that I've enjoyed your insight and expertise. And uh, I'm going to come to Colorado. I'm going to take you up on that skiing lesson. And I hope our paths cross one day. So thanks again for joining me and have a safe trip home.
0: All right, Deb. Thank you very much and great to talk with you all.
1: So join us next week when I'll be interviewing two more co-authors from different books in the series. And we look forward to chatting with you next week. This is Deb Crow. Signing off.